So twelve oh one in the Southland on a live imaging Tuesday with Travis at Sliwa. Go ahead, Em. I'm gonna say uh, there's breaking news in the NFL. All right, so the Eagles are signing former Falcons, Buccaneers, Titans uh, wide receiver Julio Jones. So uh, Eagles wow. are adding someone else new. I mean, who knows if Julio Jones is as good anymore? It, does it say in there, M? How old he is? Because he, uh, feel, I feel I like he's been up. around a long time. I can look it up. But thirty-four. Uh, yeah. Eagles are getting Julio Jones. Who knows? Maybe it's an Odell Beckham kind of signing. Add to your team and carry you to a Super Bowl. We were able to wait on that rejoin because I was showing Alan. We were watching videos from the ring. Yeah. (laughs) We weren't watching videos of the ring. We were basically watching the entire movie. But here's the thing. The scary part is it's based on a – was it a Japanese or a Chinese horror movie? I think Japanese. Called Ringu. Ringu. Oh, God. And you hear the sound. And that is probably 100 times scarier than the ring. All right. I'm going to watch it. And I'm gonna have to watch Ringu it or Ring. No, I already seen Ring. Ring oh, okay. is Ring is that's a it's a classic. And the little boy, it, children are frightening in horror movies. Yeah, of course. Like Children of the Corn. I, Emily well, and I were talking about that last week. They're supposed to be angelic and nice, but they're also so um, available for spirits to come in because they are so naive and their brains are like anyway. But like if I did re- if I did reproduce a child, it would be the the kid from the Omen. <laughs> Damien, the, the Shining with the two little <laughs> no, girls. No, yeah. no, Damien no, is Damien the better from, choice from the Omen. <laughs> okay, I've you know in Omen, Omen Five, he became president. I did know that. <laughs> I did know that. Um... What? I had lost my train of thought. It's what, okay. What, it happens, what did you say right before that? I, I lost it. Ringo. You know who lost their train of thought? Dave Roberts. You know who lost their train of thought at the end of last night's game? Charlie Checkdown. Yet again, Justin Herbert chokes it away. And you could come. He was bad yesterday. yesterday, yesterday you want. No, no, yesterday was bad. Yesterday, he was missing I, passes by a mile. I haven't seen he him. No, I know oh, he did. Oh, really? No, no, Are you hey. starting again? Trav, 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 Trav. You gonna do your like Dave Roberts bit? Trav, he had a bad a game. He had a bad game. He's he, a good why does he have a lot a bad of bad game. games in the playoffs or when it's tight, when it's crunch time? He was bad yesterday. He was bad that, yesterday. I, that's what I said. Why that, are you? No, because you're making. Well, you it didn't sound watch. Like I you didn't, didn't watch the ring with us, so I got mad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying that he played like you know what last night. He was bad last night. But the Chargers do not have a quarterback problem. The Chargers have a coach problem. They might have a little bit of a quarterback no, problem. No, owner problem. Oh, that too. Well, okay. Owner trickles. But the coach, reason they no. have a coach problem is because they have an owner problem. Owner problem. Yeah, those things yeah. go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. They actually were incredibly fortunate that Justin Herbert is as good as he is. Because remember, him and Tua are right next to each other That's in the right. draft. Dolphins got to pick first. That's right. And they took Tua, which just worked out fine too. But Herbert's the real deal. He just had a really lousy night last night and yeah, sent that lady into hysterics, which apparently the charges have changed as their new that's Twitter their avatar. Profile. Yeah, that's their yep. profile picture. Why would to you a sad pick something? Fan. I was going to say. I don't know. Of the happy Charger fan. Because the only maybe. highlight of Chargers football this year has been that woman having convulsions watching her team. Put Dan Fouts on or there. Or it's the AI <laughs> one. Or it's the AI one. It's one of those two. That's it. <laughs> the, the, the anime opening that they do for the schedule release is the highlight it's of really the year. That's that was the best really thing good. They do. Yeah. yeah. Apparently, there a... were a lot of fights at SoFi last night between uh, Cowboys fans and Chargers fans. And even before the game between uh, the Cowboys yeah. and the Chargers. Yeah. 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 That's happened, what, that happened earlier this week, too, with uh, another team. I don't understand it? football fights when you got a helmet yeah. and pads and all that kind of stuff it's on. It's the only time I would fight. Yeah. Only time I would fight. Allen's big and bad when he's got all that protection. But Damn do right. Do you guys think that <laughs> when. Brandon Staley is no longer the coach of the Chargers. 
will Herbert take more of the blame? If it continues to be the yes. same way where they are losing, well, it it'll depends go to who Justin. they hire. Like if they went out and hired a competent head that we all yeah. understand is let just for giggles, they hire Mike Tomlin. It's not Mike Tomlin's fault. They hire Sean McVay. It's not Sean McVay's fault. You hire yeah. Pete Carroll. It's not Pete Carroll's fault. Andy Reid. If you get a guy that we don't know, like and, someone from college, for example. No, if you get a guy like Brandon Staley, if you get Brandon Staley in, right? As okay, I don't have all this other experience. I'm not a proven commodity. uh, I don't know. You need to give Mm -hmm. him a proven commodity that Mm -hmm. because look, it's a hard gig, right? I'm talking about the coach, not necessarily the quarterback. It's a hard gig. There's a reason that when you get a guy like McVeigh, you give him whatever he wants from the moment he shows up because there's ten guys in the league that are really, really good at this. It's like quarterbacks, and until you get the two things put together, that's when you get. Seahawks with Mahomes or with with Wilson. It's when you get Reed with Mahomes. It's Brady and Belichick. It's McVay and maybe Stafford. You, you need both of those it's pieces Peyton together at the time. It's Peyton with Jim uh, uh, Drew Brees with Drew Brees, right? Yes. Like the, these but guys. But not Peyton with Russell Wilson. No, because Wilson's washed at this point, right? Both of those things need right. The rest of it just needs to be okay. If those two things are good, everything else is no. The Tomlin crazy. thing is great. I mean, he's won one Super Bowl in seventeen seasons. Why wouldn't you want him with Justin? They're Herbert? good every single year. I take Tomlin. I mean, if you're Mike Tomlin, exactly. can you imagine if Mike Tomlin was available, and the Chargers went out and got a coach like Mike Tomlin? I get it. One in seventeen, well, they got they're in two. the mix every single year. You're looking for this. Sounds so blasé, but it's exactly what you're looking for: competency at that position. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be perfect because it does. Perfect doesn't exist. Yeah. Don't be the reason we lose over and over again. That's what Staley is. It's not Herbert. We're about to say you 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 started getting into some uh, some bronze stuff there. <laughs> he was. He teased it. I gotta get some coffee. Man. Teased it. We gotta go make sure we're ready for Lazy Dog to come bring us food. There's we're ready for. Up we, we are both ready for Lazy I, Dog. I, I got my. I got. I wish I could do that thing, make your eyes go two different directions. I'd keep one over one locked on usefully and one over there on the side. When they get to the elevator and they start bringing the food, it's not up here yet. No, listen, listen. I've said this before. I've watched a lot of National Geographic in my life. (laughs) Okay, I have seen this comparison. By the way, I have seen when those gazelles have to just eat a little piece of grass and then they got to look up, right? (laughs) (laughs) They got to look up right away because they're not sure. Sure. If there's something hiding or any of that stuff, you remind me of you have like that sense. That extra sense of when the food is just in the parking garage or when it's down in the elevator. Because you get up, and then three minutes later, the door opens. It's like a dog with an earthquake. Hey, and then he looks and then he looks this way, and the eyebrows go up, like, I'm about to do some damage. Yes. So we're at Hollywood Park on uh, Sunday night, right? We're doing the postgame show. It's Meeks, Kirk, and uh, Ron, Ron Mitchell, the, the uh, market consultant of the year, Mandy Award winning Ron yes. Mitchell. And every day... Uh, that we do the show at Hollywood Park Casino, he knows that Kirk likes to get some calamari to go, right? Kirk, Kirk takes it home. And I typically don't get anything other than club sodas while I'm doing these things. And Ron says to me during the break, he goes, you know, with the amount of time you spend talking about food, I never, I never see you eat, eat anything. Yeah. I'm like, well, you yeah, got to. That's I, strategic. Yeah, you got to. You, you saw me go to work, Slee, right? It, it we finally happened. We all went to work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but got to pick your spots mm-hmm. he's like all you do is talk about food and i never see you eat anything I said, well 
Come to the next taco party and you'll see some you'll see some damage. Trap prefers to close the blinds, lock the door. I, I need to be in a safe space. Yeah. I need to be among yeah. a, a close group of confidants to really kind of let my hair down. You understand how it goes. I understand. So here's the question. We could start this and we'll, we'll continue the conversation. Okay. The Lakers are good. Mm-hmm. The Lakers are probably at the top of the second tier of the NBA, right? So you got your top tier that's got Denver, it's got Milwaukee, Phoenix, Boston. Put Boston in there. Yeah, I, I think there's those yeah. that, those are the, t- and then you got the next group that's probably got the Lakers, Clippers, Clippers, Philadelphia, Golden State, Golden State yeah. that, that next group of teams. And the Lakers are in that next group of teams. LeBron James is about to start his 21st season in the NBA. Mm hmm. Oldest he's, player in the league. He's played a million playoff minutes as well. He's played on the Olympic team multiple times. He's played more basketball probably than anybody else has at, at this stage in, in yeah, their life. Yeah. And it's not just that he's kind of in the league. It's not He's not Udonis Haslam, who's basically a, a coach more than he is a player. And he's not even a guy that's in the rotation. He needs to be the best player on a team that's trying to punch its way up into the top echelons of the NBA Mm -hmm. in his 21st year. Is that not an incredible ask? Even I understand that LeBron James is singular. He's one of one that we've never seen this talent before, this dedication before. But asking a guy in his 21st season to continue to be the backbone Mm -hmm. of a team trying to win a championship, is that not asking too much? Listen. If he was, if this was his seventeenth season in the league, or eighteenth season in the Saying league, the same thing, right? Or nineteenth season in the league, you're asking for too much. If I, I was, I was look at Braun, and I think especially coming into this year, I think the reason why the Lakers there's so much depth. I think the reason why they decided let's bring back as many players as we can. I think the reason why they have so many guys that are similar size as LeBron, as in their height and their length, not necessarily their stature, um, is because Palenka and the Lakers, do you think they want to see Braun average 29 again this year? Yes. He averaged 29 last year. It's not where they are counting on it, but yeah, I mean, they kind of need him to. I don't, look, this, this is, we'll be different on this one. I don't think they want to see him average 29 this year. I want, I think they want, Last year, they had no choice for LeBron to average that many amount of points. By the way, it wasn't just the 29. It was um, eight rebounds and seven assists a game. I think in a perfect world, they're hoping LeBron can be it. Can you be a 25 guy with seven assists and five rebounds? And you're the, those stats are the way they are is because you don't need to show up every single night in the regular season. I, I think there's a difference. Tell me, tell me if you buy this or not. I think that he needs to be the player that he's basically been the entire time. Obviously, it's 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 waning, but it's not falling off a cliff. But he does need to be somewhere between 25 and 29. It needs to be still probably leading your team in scoring, probably being the guy that is playing a ton of minutes, maybe not playing a ton of games, but his minutes per game I think is still going to be relatively high because if it isn't, what's plan B? Like, he, he still needs to be one of the best players in the league if they're going to contend for a championship. Can you be one of the best players in the league and the stats don't have to represent it in the regular season? I think you can, but it's 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 difficult. Because I, I, I actually I, I don't think that if they're still depending on him like that, we're talking regular season. Because I think when the playoffs start, that will be different. You get more time off. You get but more in between. But the nights he plays, he's going to have to play like that. 
I don't think he's going to have to be what you saw last year. I don't think they're going to be as dependent on Braun this year as they have been in the past. In the regular season. Yes. I, yes. I, I'm with you on that. I'm talking about winning a championship. I'm talking about whatever they, whatever recipe they use to get to the, the playoffs, man, eh, whatever. Hey, okay. Could he average 22 points and they make the playoffs? Sure they could. Right. But to win a title, LeBron still has to be LeBron. The one that, has the ball in his hands, the one that makes the, the key decisions, the one that— I don't know it, how good of a thing that is. What's Okay, if it's fine, yeah. fine, what's plan B? If it's not that, what's the next—what's What the alternative? Technically, plan B would be you have four or five guys that are contributing and you still have one of the best players in the league in Anthony Davis, and Braun is still a really, really good player, but he took a little bit of a step back. I, I, I get that. Cool. I need to know the last time that worked because I can't— come up with it we'll, we'll try to figure it out next it's coming up it's travis lee 710 espn hi it's mike greenberg letting you know espn bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring the official sports book of espn has exclusive offers and markets from scott van pelt Stephen a smith and me plus many more from the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark there's no better time for sports fans sign up today new users get a bet reset up to one thousand dollars in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight. S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Quarter after 12 o'clock on Live Imaging Tuesday with Travis and Sliwa. Little housekeeping, don't forget. The 7-10 combo plate begins at 1 p.m. Mason and Ireland, 1-3 to today. Sedano and Cap, 3-5. to And then at 5 o'clock, we bring you the play-by-play, courtesy of ESPN Radio, of Game 2 of the NLCS for your afternoon drive. So that's Mason and Ireland, two hours. Sedano and Cap, two hours. Then, bam! Playoff baseball <laughs> on oh, your these... home of the Major League Baseball playoffs and the World Series. These fades. 7-10 ESPN. This, this is a good fade. Killing over here. Thank you, this, like, this reminds me of the old morning show fades before, you know, something <laughs> happened to him. When he worked on Mason and Ireland. Anyway, <laughs> speaking of Mason and Ireland, they're bringing food in. Well, they aren't, but our friends at Lazy Dog Restaurants are. Lazy Dog, they just opened a location downstairs at LA Live that's beautiful. So when you come to a Lakers, Clippers, or Kings game, Jack, be sure to check out our friends at Lazy Dog Restaurants. And they have other locations across LA, Orange County, and eight states. We've talked about it, and we got some tweets about the one in Orange County right there in the shadow of the Honda Center. That's right there on Catella in Maine, the Lazy Dog. Jack? Their restaurants are open for lunch, dinner, and weekend brunch with a bar that includes handcrafted cocktails and a wide selection of craft beers at a compelling value. Compelling value. Very compelling. So we're looking forward to Lazy Dog Lunch. I'm sure Trav is going to hang out, even though it's for the Mason and Ireland show today. Mm-hmm. Since you guys usually get it all the time. We do. We're fortunate. But Trav is going to be like, hey guys, I'll do the first segment with you. Come on, Jack. Well, I don't have to do the first segment. I can just linger in the bullpen. I can just wait till it's set up properly. By the time Super Cross Talk is done, you walk right in there and grab your plate. Yeah, it should time out just about right. Yeah. Get a plate for the road. It'll be the first non-taco meal I've had in 
three days, which is probably something that I need at this point. Okay, the rice and beans that you have left. You want them? You no, can bring them in tomorrow. All right. Do you right. got some like tortillas or something you can bring in with them? I think we've consumed all the tortillas. Well, but I could I could buy some. Yeah, maybe you buy some on the way in. Why do you got to say it like that? Because maybe you do something for the good of the show. <laughs> maybe just bring in some regular bread. He was a great host. <laughs> he was a great Whatever host. Whatever you have. He doesn't remember it, but he was a great host. I'm always a good host. By the way, our friend from Tequila Mandala. Always swipe right. On Tequila Mandala, they're coming in for a meeting today. So you can go. <laughs> Thank I want you. The, guys, big fan of the Bonco. Big fan of the Blue Bottle. It the was good. Oh. It was good. I started giving people taste tests of both. Like I give them yeah. a little bit of you both. Shouldn't like, even try say, this one. Try that one. You shouldn't even say anything to them. You should just go, thank you so much. Thank, oh, I have I, no idea what you're talking about. Thank you so it much. It was good. All of you, thank you. I had a really, really, got a nice glass going. So, you know, I, I, that's, I like the ritual as much as anything else. I like the heavy bottom glass. I like the big round No, you cube. were making drinks left and right, too. Yeah. You were... One for me, for one for you. And one always asking me. if we were one good on a drink. Yeah. That was cool. Yeah. Yeah. Every, it was in a second. With the rice and beans yeah. that are left over. Mm-hmm. Chances that you put together just a bowl today. Full. Here's the only issue with your situation. Done the last three days. Here's the only I situation. <laughs> I need that salsa. I got to have that salsa. So I got to buy salsa, salsa and tortillas. Yes. Where do I go? Okay. Yeah. yeah but the, Red or green. The, the salsa he's going to buy isn't going to replicate. What? Oh no no no! That that's was the Fabio the top. Yeah, I think there's a little bit of the red left. I'll bring some yeah. of the red in. The red was the no. hotter of the Attach two. Attach it right away before the family gets home. They're they're not going in that. I'm the only one that's eating the rice and beans. Okay. Yeah. Right, but every that there's a lot of rice and gone. beans left. So much that even Chris was trying to get some later in so the you know night, the big, and you wouldn't let him get in the refrigerator. <laughs> the big uh, aluminum like tray yeah. that they served it in. You would think that literally nothing has been eaten out of it. That's how much is left. So I brought it in when we were bringing some of the stuff in. Okay. And it. I could have taken it to another party and just said, "Yeah, so was, new so, piece of tinfoil." Yeah, just <laughs> new tinfoil. Spread the rice just a little bit. I could have took that to the next party yeah. and nobody would have noticed. I got to post the picture from Saturday night. I still haven't posted it on my social. It was a great picture of all of us. But Sleet is the guy who kept taking breaks from the party crew. I think because it was just a lot of me because we were sitting next to each other. So right next to each other. Yeah, our like, knees I'd, were touching. I'd, I'd be like, "Where's Sleet?" And then he'd be like in the kitchen talking <laughs> to Susan. Like, you know, Susan, these guys are just crazy. It's not me saying that stuff. I don't even laugh at that joke. I had to mix it up. You know, you got to get like I a, understand. Is, so immediately when he saw a moment of like, oh, Susan, I'll help you. Let me take a break from these guys. Did you get any of Slee's baklava? I had a little bit. It's good. I, it was an interesting mix of desserts given that we had just had Mexican copi- food. Mexican food, copious amounts of tequila. Oh, here's some baklava. Yeah. And brownies and lemon bars. Well, yeah. yeah. Susan's brownies and lemon bars were good. Yeah. I had to bring something. The guy, I was, the guy uh, told me to text him on my way to see if he needs anything, and he's like, don't eat anything. Just come. I'm like, well, I got to get something. That's right. You got to bring something. And you brought baklava, and it's gone. We ate it all. We ate all that, too. It's, we got through it. We got a lot of people in the house going on right now. What else, Chris? What else, Chris? I don't know. No, you no, don't no. have anything? I no, have go plenty. back. Go back. With what? The, we're gonna, we're gonna the go rice back. and beans? <laughs> Wait, do I do another... Another segment on horror movies? Why don't I just play the ring audio from my phone? <laughs> no, I just you're you. Sometimes when we're getting ready to do something, you kind of get up and go. And other times, you like to hang out. I, I mean, I was planning to get up out. and go. I need to, to use you. the restroom. Maybe get another cup of coffee. Is I DeAndre make... gonna muscle you out again? No, DeAndre was having like he was wigging out in the other room. I don't know something happened because he's got Nate. You've seen Nathan maybe yeah. on some of the social videos, yeah. and Nate is dressed well. So Nate's, Nate's in very good shape. Very, mm-hmm. like very. when I was. Fit. You when know, I saw Nate, immediately I dropped down and just started doing some push-ups. When I make jokes about being out of shape, I think he takes them real, and he's like, you want, you know, man, 
I'll write out a program for you. Yeah. I'm like, oh, settle down, bud. He looks like he's on a pretty good program. Well, yeah. Whatever he's doing seems Nate, to work. I walk by Nate and he said, hey, what's what's the deal with your macros? You need help with that? I just break eye contact. I look at the floor. Yeah. I, I don't know what to yeah. look he, at me. He looks like a Secret Service agent. He How does. tucked That's in perfect. his shirt is. Yep. Like, you couldn't get your, if you wanted to, like, mm-hmm. to pull him from behind. Perfectly. You couldn't get your hand. It's so tight because he's in such good shape. He looks like he could run with a car. <laughs> so, anyway, he's in there training with DeAndre today. So, I don't know what's doing in there. But maybe he maybe brought he, a medicine ball to work. I just—he's <laughs> doing wall balls as he's shooting the socials. <laughs> those things are the worst, by the way. Have you ever tried to do those wall balls? I just walk in the hallway. He's just doing the- <laughs> <laughs> with the ropes. <laughs> no, those workouts are the worst. Hey, bro. Hey, bro. What's up, guys? If I look like that, he's I'd have shape, the same man. shirts. I, I would. Oh, look, I would be selecting the exact same wardrobe. I told him when I walked out, I'm like, bro, where's something a little baggier? You're making us all look bad. Guy's in shape. Yes, he Guy's is. in shape. And he told me a few weeks ago, because I did my bit. I'm like, oh, how much you bench? He goes, oh. I don't think he got that it was a bit. So he's like, oh, I've toned it down. I want to get- You tried that bit on a high school student on Saturday night. <laughs> Again, guys, there's certain things we talk about. <laughs> it was a male high school student, just for no, the No, it was one of Michael's buddies. Who's yeah. an athlete he's who a, yeah. you guys talked about how he's injured. Yes. That's all you yeah. asked him. The whole time the guy was trying how to eat. How much you bench? Just, yeah. I, I said, yeah. Reed, run. <laughs> <laughs> Don't I thought he, I, I thought it was Reed Roth. I was doing a boogie nights Reed Rothschild bit. Anyway, so I said to Nathan, who looked who, at the guy's play, he's like, I, I don't know, it's a little too much beans there. You know how much you bench or something? I did my bet, and he's like, he gets a full breakdown. Yo, well, listen, I've had to tone it down because I don't want to get too big. I'm oh, like, yeah, yeah same problem. problem here, bro. Yeah. Yep. Same problem here. Yep. I have toned it down almost to where when I walk in the garage, the workout equipment just looks at me like. Maybe today? No, no. <laughs> Sorry, elliptical. Sorry, weights. Not happening today. Maybe I'll catch you okay. next week. Have I you... got to go to a taco party. <laughs> Where's those I... two bottles of Mandala tequila? Where's my humidor? <laughs> they see, because I open the garage when the Postmates people come in. I'm like, nah, just bring it to me. It's fine. You don't have to leave. Because I have it on there. Leave it at the door. I'm like, nah, listen, we're both humiliated by this experience. You're wondering. You think that this order is for four people? Speaking of the And devil, you Chris. notice that it's only for one peop- one person. There you go. Oh, there we go. There's That's the a tequila lot of, Mandala That's folks. a lot of tequila right people. there. The yes, great people. Indeed. Of course, Craig Cartosian. Yeah. Beto Ibarra, Heidi Wilde, just from Tequila Mandala. Always swipe right on Tequila Mandala. If we actually had speakers up in the radio station, they would have heard us. But, you know, we're not big on that here. To listen to this No, everybody turns them down. Nah, we don't need to hear that. So, see, you wanted something. I just gave you three minutes of gold. You did. See, this is why I just just keep throwing pitches. I know I'm going to hit the strike zone eventually. I think Fox Sports was on in the kitchen. No, it's, it's amazing. You walk in the kitchen, you hear Colin Coward. <laughs> and by the way, I'd listen too. By but- the way, that's why, that's why when you go get coffee, I just see you stopping there. Yeah. Like, Slee, what you get started? See, this is a big get, debate going on in the sales wing because corporate Greg will go back there yeah. and like turn the speaker up. And yeah. then David Kent just goes up and turns, turns it, it right back, back down. down. Yeah. Now, but there's a lot of levels to the speakers. Does he turn it all the way up? No, he turns it up so people so you that can need, hear it. They yeah. need to hear it can hear it. Mm hmm. Yeah, got right. could, okay, we could now. find out right now. There's we could the find out. Dollar folks are here. You're we good. could find out right now if anybody's listening. Okay, on that side, if anyone on the marketing side is listening. Well, Sam, owner Sam Pines and Tommy Lamb are not here, so probably everybody went home. So just walk over and wave to us in the studio. If nobody John's walks walk. over and waves to us in the studio, we know that they're not listening. What's John? John walking over to try to get. John could be telling them. No, John. Well, John did go to that side of the building. Hey guys. 
I mean, it's 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 worthy of free tequila, right? You want to go over there? It's pretty good. I I really did market research on Saturday. I can speak to it firsthand. I'm a firm believer in tequila mandala. Blanco is my number one. Always swipe right on tequila mandala. So good, Al. Did I did I pour you one? No, because I had to um, basically drive back to the state of California. <laughs> I, yeah, had to see, get that, uh, I, I do like just once in a while for everybody just to because Chris knows Chris is down that neck of the woods. Too. Well, you guys had a perfect game plan. Jorge picked him up. Did you him over. train to Laguna Niguel? No. So Jorge called me when I was on my way to the train station. He said, "What's up, fool? What time am I picking you up?" I said, "I thought you weren't." So he said, "No." Then then he shows up to my house, which was great. I With love the when Jorge ceviche picked mobile. <laughs> so ceviche had leaked out into the car. The ceviche. What would we say? The ceviche. Fluid? Uh, yeah. <laughs> juice? The juices. The juice. Yeah. The, the. So all of a sudden on the way down there, this is just, it's like I'm just sitting in ceviche on the way down there. And of course I was getting irritated. <laughs> then we that. went to the wrong house. I, I went to your old house. We told that story yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> I like that you had the wherewithal, like, I know that's the right car, but I don't think that's Trap's house. I really wish just you would have under Chris's shoes. There's just lemon juice and uh, everything else just going back. I had and to forth. put a blanket on this seat. It wasn't just this floor. It was a lot. <laughs> oh my gosh! I wanted you to knock on the door of that house because the lady that lives there first now of all is you think not a nice in lady. In that neighborhood, Jorge and I knock on the door <laughs> yeah, with right. like she, I got two bottles of tequila and, and, a, and a pink Sunday <laughs> swagger shirt, and Jorge's just holding leaky ceviche. You could have looked like anybody, and she would have. Orange County the Sheriff would have been on us so quick. Uh, Amiga, bro. <laughs> Come on, man. Ceviche was, was good. good. At least the ceviche it was, came. Was very good. By the time it, it got to good. us. You guys, the ceviche bandits, we've been hearing about that. <laughs> <laughs> you boys from around here? You, you boys smell like ceviche. <laughs> Said, what, what, what can I do? What can I do for you? We knew something suspicious was going on around here. Just, she just leans through the door, Jim. Oh, geez, this is just a good day. Oh, this yeah. is All just. Right. Now, now we got to go to break. Our friends from Lazy to... Dog have arrived as well. Now, granted, no one can hear us over there. Doesn't matter. <laughs> we, we, we can see it. We know what's coming. We will do your LeBron stuff, Slee. That's coming up next. It's Travis Lee, 710 ESPN. So I think you have a new best friend. I don't know if you know that. Yeah, it's a live imaging Tuesday, a little after 1230 in the Southland. Travis and Sliwa. So our friends from Lazy Dog Restaurants just arrived. Yep. And our friends from Tequila Mandala arrived. Always oh, yeah. swipe right on Tequila Mandala. And the great Kirk Cartosian, one of the owners, of course, you remember him from the Mandy's. He gave yeah, Kirk and I have had lunch together. Yeah, I know Kirk. Beautiful. We gouged it up. We sure did. So on Saturday night, Travis had a little party at his house. And I brought over two bottles, the Blanco and the Repo, the Reposado. Trav is a Blanco guy. He took three quarters of it down. Took it down. I had a really good time, and thank you, because I had a really good time, and then the next day I was ready to go. No hangover. It felt good. Did the Rams broadcast. It was terrific. It was a regenerative effect. Well, he's a professional. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't know if the SC game was going differently if you'd have drank that much, but I felt like every time Notre Dame scored, he went and made himself another drink. So he had a lot to drink. I had a good time. It was a really good night, and you made it a better night. We sip well. It pairs well with uh, ESPN. L.A. Right? Yes. Did you have, you had the Blanco or the Repo? I, I had, had the both, but mostly the Blanco. <laughs> I did the Repo. Repo is my go-to daily drinker. Okay. Sometimes mornings. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that when you got a you know well, eye opener. You got to jump to it. it yeah. you know? But uh, thank you for uh, creating another fan. 
Well, that's what it's all about. And then we did a little tasting with some of his friends. And his friends need a lot of tequila in their life. You know what I mean? They're not as fun and loose as us. <laughs> so I had, like, guys, let's pair this. What let's is- do a little taste test. And they enjoyed it. What would you pair it with? Alcohol, more alcohol. So I was like, try the Blanco, try the Repo. It's real simple. Oh, yeah. pair. It was a pair of glasses. Little Got shot it. glasses. Yeah, a little taste of Paired the Repo, a little lime. taste of the little Blanco. And That's yeah. not yeah. usually how we pair. No, I understand. But, uh, With I Travis, like how you guys do it. I think I'm Our verbiage start... is a little different when we talk about pairing, not like you guys. <laughs> yes. you know, not, not classy like that. We had a taco man. Fabio the, the taco too. man. There's another pairing over. right there, too. Yeah. Pair it, with it, it was it was it was a really wonderful combination. Love it, love it. Thanks for helping spread the good word, my friends. Kirk, we're very excited. Now, where can people buy your new Day of the Dead bottle? Just launched this uh, this month. We're at we're at Total Wine and Mission uh, Mission here locally. Super King Markets. If you've heard of them, uh, Remedy and Bevmo. As Bevmo. Well. I I bought. Right. So one of those bottles was a beautiful gift from Craig Cartosian, mm. the brother of Kirk Cartosian. Mm-hmm. And then one of the bottles I purchased at BevMo. Now, again, when you go to BevMo or Total Wine, you got to go to the manager and say, where's the tequila mandala, sucker? Because sometimes they're in the back because the bottles, even the boxes they're are beautiful. so beautiful. They're beautiful. You've got to go right up to the manager and say, I want that mandala. We had a distinction a few years ago. Craig found out through, uh, through data collection that we were the most oft-stolen bottle of spirit in the bevmos now, wow. it's not necessarily something we want to brag about but apparently i'm doing that now <laughs> uh, but it's something we laugh about for sure absolutely so be sure that you ask the manager or order online and have it ready for you at bevmo Where would or total order online well the bevmo apps total oh, one. okay well yeah. super king has a shop sk.com okay. mission has an online platform as does remedy so they're those are the the locals too we like to thank for for supporting us we just now got to get Slee. Slee likes brown. You know what I mean? Extra Nejo? No, not that. He was like, you know, bourbon, scotch. I'm a bourbon guy. Yeah. yeah. Hey, I get that. We like to mix it up, too. But uh, You know what so- you need to hit him with, Kirk, is you need to hit him with that tequila, old, the tequila mandala old-fashioned, the smoky one that you gave me, the Gaucho mm-hmm. Grill. And that, because I, I like bourbon, too. Don't get me wrong. But that was the game changer. That's like, wait, we can do that with that? It was unreal. Yeah, the Estilo Viejo. You let me know anytime we'll make that happen. And amongst our Middle Eastern circles, the uh, the Añejo and Extra Añejo are brown enough. So, <laughs> <laughs> so let's do that. Let's, okay. Why don't you come over to the house? Come to my I'm house. Okay. We'll smoke some cigars. We'll Kay. drink some EA. Extra Añejo. Hot tub. Kirk's trying to get me in his hot tub. I don't think, <laughs> see, Mason won't let me in his hot tub, but Kirk wants me in his hot tub. You're well. non-threatening to my wife. <laughs> But I, I might—I don't know—is that a compliment or not? I don't know. I don't know which way that goes. O- I, it's open-ended. It's open. yeah, it's just, it, it is open-ended. Take I'm, it however as long you as feel. As long as it's fun, I don't mind. All right, Kirk, take the rest of the day off, okay? I'm going to come in there and say hi in a few minutes. Thanks, guys. Hi, brother. Thank you. Appreciate, Appreciate it. it. Thank, Thank you. you again for Saturday. That was terrific. Absolutely terrific. Yeah. No, you—you you had your fair share. You did. I well. sure did. You did I had well. a great time. Look, when, when you've heard me say this a million times, when the right environment is presented, I'm going to have a good time. Yeah. And it's just, it was the right environment. And you're at home. And you're about to have a good time again, not with Mandala, but with Lazy Dog restaurants. Lazy Dog, our friends at Lazy Dog, and thanks to the great Sarah Swicker, who has made possible this little food drop, as we like to call it. Our friends at Lazy Dog restaurants. Why are you choking over there, man? Because I had to take my cough drop off to talk for a minute. All right. The new location is downstairs from us. It's going to become our new Regal Beagle, the Lazy Dog. (laughs) R.I.P. Suzanne Summers. Yes, by the way, we lost Suzanne Summers on Sunday. Her birthday was yesterday. Died a day before her birthday. Mm. 
Anyway, Lazy Dog Restaurant's the new one at LA Live. You're going to want to check it out. It is beautiful. When it's nighttime and you can see the bar all lit up in the dining room, they got an outside patio, great food, great cocktails. So check out the new Lazy Dog Restaurants when you're coming here for a Lakers, Clippers, Kings, or a concert. Or maybe you're just coming to... Say, LA Live. You know, you're waiting for Jorge to walk into the garage because you got to get something from him. <laughs> like, hey, man, you forget me? You forget me, Jack? I'm here. The guy. He's got a lot of guys. <laughs> TV guy. Yeah, TV, TV guy. guy. Ceviche guy. <laughs> the hose guy. There's and don't forget, guys. the 710 combo plate begins in a little bit. Mason Ironwood, 1 to 3 today. Sedano and Cap, 3 to 5. I got to go talk to the Mandala guys. They're almost set up, Al. I was going to say, that's a. <laughs> And he's got, get, Aaron he's got, Donald is blocking me right now, so I can't just make see sure they exactly. say I need to like eat it on the air at one o'clock. It might all be gone by then. He's got an unbelievable eye for what's going on in the kitchen. Looks like there. there's a variety as well. Looks yeah. like there's going to be a lot of things to well, choose options. from. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Ron is like circling like a yeah. No, Ron like is a, a security guard. No, but he's, <laughs> he's like going uh, around. And I, I can't tell because you know I know it's Ron and and that's part of his partnership, but he's like a security guard over there. I mean, he's looking at me right now. I'm not. I'm not gonna make eye contact with him. He's doing that thing where, like, I don't want to make it seem like I'm hanging around for the food, yeah. but I'm definitely hanging around for the food. But it's almost like a, it's like a VIP thing, you know? That <laughs> just gonna, show up. Are he's you on the make list? Sure that yeah, I'm going to need to see your credentials. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't see your name here on the list. Al, sorry, buddy. This is for the Mason and Ireland show. Do you know that when I show up to do the Dana Hills football game, and by the way, only one more home game left, unless they get to host a CIF game, which okay. is Ooh. a real possibility. They yeah. might. Um, would, uh, can I see your ticket? Really? Every time? Every time. You can't well, bring a backpack in. You person. do look like the everyman, though. Well, you don't hey, have the respect. But, but here's the thing. Where's the respect? G- game starts at 7, okay? Yeah. I'm getting there just a shade before 6. Yep. Nobody's crashing a high school football game an hour <laughs> early. Okay? Same person? It, uh, or it, that's the perfect crime. There, there is. <laughs> yeah, that's what somebody crashing the football game would <laughs> yeah, say, right? Yeah. Um, One hour before. You can't bring a backpack in here. And every time I'm like, it has my binoculars and my magic markers because I do the PA. Oh, well, are you on the list? Oh, my goodness. No, just And then the same lady always yeah. comes over from wherever she is. No, 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 he's fine. He's fine. Let him through. Okay, can I ask you okay. a question? What do you think is happening? Do you think she does not recognize you or do you think she recognizes you and she's just doing this on purpose? Because I'm going to give you an example. The second thing. If I was a security Because it's what I would do. <laughs> you know where I'm going. Now. If I was a security guard- in front of a club, and I have that clipboard that has the list, and somebody says, hey, I'm on the list. You got the Janet Jackson mic? Um, yeah, and I have sunglasses on too, so I can't <laughs> I can't see the list either. <laughs> but if I'm looking and I see your name, I'm going to pretend I didn't see it and go to the next page. I'm just going to get add like just one layer to just show, look, you need me to get over there. I, I, I think that's what she's doing. I here. understand them wanting to look in the back, security, right? We take a quick look in the back. It's got literally, it's got a pad of paper, and binoculars and a bag of cough drops. That's what's in the bag. And beans and cheese uh, or beans and rice from. <laughs> I'm bringing it tomorrow. If, uh, there are plenty of both. We're going we're gonna to have a little rice. Okay, you, you got a big one. Dana Hill's got a big one. They I... play Portola on okay. Friday night, road mm-hmm. game. They're 1-0 in league. They're 6-2 and two overall. Yep. So an opportunity, if, they, if they win this game, they got a chance to host a CIF game. Okay. Which is exciting. You're going to promote that? Then I'm going to promote a little high school football down in San Diego. Granite Hills Eagles. Go Eagles. Versus Helix Highlanders. Right. Homer Rich Har. Number three versus number four in the county. Both schools 8-0. Are they At in, Granite in El Cajon. In the top division? Um, 
I can't remember if they're actually Division Two or last year they were Division Two. They might be Division One now. I'm okay. not one hundred percent sure. Yeah, are you? They going? won state championship in Division Two last go. year. Get on your old uh, Granite Hills Letterman's jacket yep. and knock it out. Go out and run around out there like your potsy. <laughs> I could <laughs> potentially for how close my mom's house is to the high school. Yeah, just uh, walk down there. There and, you go. Uh, go enjoy a little. Did Granite you ever Hills get your Letterman jacket? Uh, I got one in college because they give you one mm-hmm. if you once you've been on the team for two years you get a Letterman's jacket four years you get a, a, a university watch mm-hmm. so I got those two I never got one in high school yeah. and you can't ask me why because I can't tell you the truth and it'll get me in trouble okay so what's the truth <laughs> I'll tell you oh, off man. the air I'm happy to tell you it's just I did not get one in high school yeah because we just got one yeah and we're like man like I never did you yeah know? I never, I never got one either yeah yeah. yeah. No. You got letters. But we I have, didn't the, have le- the, the letters are in a closet. Yeah, I got yeah, letters, too. Yeah. letters for every year of your university. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, we don't have, like, my school didn't give anybody letters, letterman jackets or whatever. Like, it's just not. Maybe good. I should go Friday and go back to my old locker. <laughs> just, <laughs> just, <laughs> just give it a nice pet, nice little tap. Good to see you, old friend. Combination's the same. <laughs> <laughs> probably is. Probably. Combination's the same. Yeah. It's probably my password currently for anything else I have. It's the same four numbers. <laughs> I don't. Do you remember any numbers in anything? I remember, no, no. Susan's number. Oh, oh, you mean like home like, phone, like a- phone numbers? Anything. I yeah, remember I Susan's phone number. Mm-hmm. I remember Susan's phone number when we were dating in high school, and I remember my grandmother's phone number. Every other phone number is completely lost. That's to all I remember is is family members' house lines. Yeah. Because those were the only ones that you had memorized in the past. That was it. If I lost my phone, I couldn't call anybody. No, that's it. My mom, my that's mom it. and Brenda's, and that's it. Yeah. I, I don't even know my mom's. You would be like that, you know, if, if this happens, right? You're at like, like a mall, and the mom and the kid get separated for a quick second, and they find each other. But they have to go to somebody at the mall. Right. You would be the person... That would go to somebody. I can't find my wife. I, I don't have her number. Have Can you make it enough? There's a man on the uh, Macy's level looking for uh, his wife. If you could please come by. He's 52 years old. And, uh, and the speakers are shot like that in the wall. <laughs> and he's thing. crying. And he's very sad. He's We have a sad little man I can't find looking him. for his family. <laughs> Absolutely. The Dump is coming up next. It's Travis Lee, 710 ESPN. So... We've talked a lot about Dave Roberts on this show. Yep. Um, and I think we're going to continue to talk a lot about Dave Roberts on the show because I fully expect him to come back and manage the Dodgers next year. So, with that in mind, let's play a little uh, positive Dave Roberts. It was today, October 17th in 2004, ninth inning, Dave Roberts steals a base that launches the Red Sox to a World Series championship. He does it well, of course, but it's not as good as him throwing his cutter on the outer half and letting it ride. A pinch runner, Dave Roberts, is going to come in for Boston. He can run. Picked up from the Dodgers. Miller still waiting for his first pitch. Roberts is going. Posada's throw. Roberts, safe. Roberts had a great jump. It was a good ball for Posada to throw on. Good call. Roberts was 38 for 41 in stolen bases. Nearly perfect. Now Miller will try to get him at least over to third base. Up the middle. Roberts will come to the plate. The throw by Williams. Bill Miller has tied it. (laughs) 
All right, so that was the tying run. David Ortiz ends up winning that game in the yeah. 12th inning with mm -hmm. a walk-off home run that made the series 3-1 to one Yankees. The Red Sox were down 3 to nothing. That win made it 3-1 to one Yankees. Of course, we all know how it ends up. They end up coming back, the first team ever to come back from a 3-0 deficit. They advanced to the World Series, and they beat the St. Louis Cardinals. And that was the year that the curse of the Bambino yep. had officially been broken. Um, I'm sure a lot of people have watched it. I'm sure you have as well. But it's one of my favorite 30 for 30s, four days in October. Yeah. Four days in October, and it goes through – a lot of the stuff that you're talking about, but behind the scenes, you're getting a lot of Boston Red Sox chirping of like, hey, don't let – who was it that said, don't let us win? Kevin Millar. Kevin Millar. Um, it is one of my favorite Actually, 30 – I remember him doing that, like seeing it on SportsCenter or whatever. And it, it was, almost sounded ridiculous. And it was ridiculous. And what he said was – and this is a little wrong, but mostly right. He said, don't let us win tonight. Because if we win tonight, mm -hmm. we've got Pedro, guy, we've got Schilling, guy, and then anything can, can happen. happen. And he could not have been more spot on. He because they won that night, and then Pedro wasn't and then Game Schilling, Seven just a shellacking. That's the game Johnny Damon Johnny hits Damon like hit a home run right. At the I think shoot. they were up like seven something or whatever it was. It but was Dodgers Game One against the Diamondbacks is yeah, what it, it felt like, where it was over before it had even really started. Four days in October, thirty for thirty, really good one. Yeah, it. it those playoff moments like that are yeah. so much fun. And yeah. that the it okay, I'm gonna be a Dodger fan here for a second. Uh, that the Dodgers got robbed of a little bit of that because the the pandemic season, and I get it, everybody's doing the best that they could, but that they had to play it in Texas with with minimal fans. Yeah. And in an LA team playing a Tampa team in Texas. It just there really isn't sure, buzz sure. like that. Yeah. And that the moments from that World Series aren't resonate the way that Kirk Gibson's home run does, the way that Fernando pitching against the Yankees in 81 does. It's just not quite the same thing, unfortunately. That whole year for anybody and anything, it was all awkward and odd. All right, uh, let's see here. Urban Meyer says that he has no desire to return to coaching. Um, uh-huh. I, I, if Urban Meyer said, hey, Trav, tomorrow is Wednesday, I would triple-check my calendar. That's how much I believe Urban Meyer when he starts talking. It's like ah, Urban said, I better, I better. Is he okay. under the impression that coaching wants him? <laughs> well, yeah, well, those guys always seem to resurface. John Bobby Petrino's coaching again, and he no, was as an assistant. I know, but his name was Mud for a, a very long time. I don't think you can give Urban Meyer a head coaching job. Do you? Yeah, somebody will. Well, Rick Pitino. Rick Pitino yeah, is back. You, yeah, you might be right. Rick, that somebody will do the thing of, hey, look, we want to be good at football, right? Yeah. You know who's the best guy available is Urban Meyer. We will have to eat a big, fat, you-know-what sandwich for a few days, and then we're going to start to be good at football again, and no one will care. Especially and they'll be in right. Unless he kicks a kicker. Well, and look, it will, and it, it's one of those things. When you sign up with a guy like that, it's going to end badly. There's no there's no ambiguity that if you hire him, you will end with some sort of scandal in the air. You'll right. also win a whole bunch of games yeah. before that. Well, happens. what's amazing about John Calipari, Calipari is every time he goes someplace, they get put on probation. <laughs> right. UMass, Memphis, you know, and he just keeps getting better jobs. He'll, he just leaves. <laughs> he fail upward, right? Yeah. So maybe you're right. As long as you keep winning. Emily, uh, Emily, help me with. I think this is right. Timothy Chalamet. Am I getting that right? Yes, that's Timothy Chalamet. Wait Tim a minute. You don't know who Timothy Chalamet I, I, is? I, the spelling I wasn't entirely sure of. I didn't know if it's like it's got accents and some other Not things. Not Timothy or something. Right. Like I, that. Didn't, yes. I, I didn't know. I know that he's a famous actor. 
But I couldn't pick him out of a lineup. What? Do you know any movies he's been in? No, not a Call me by your name. If you told, I don't Lady know Bird, that. I don't Little know Woman. Yeah. No, Timothy Chalamet. He's never heard of Timothy Chalamet. I've seen him. I've Blanca. seen him. No, never. You guys have not named a single movie that I've seen. He's, so you know, he's the new Willy Wonka. He's the new okay, Willy Wonka. They're redoing Willy Wonka. This is amazing. Willy Wonka that actually. Oh, really Trav, good. I have news for you. Uh, can I just jump in here real quick and say that we're going to carry Andrew Friedman live in a couple of minutes? Okay, of course. as soon Great. as he's available. Right. Chris just handed me a TV dinner from Lazy Dog. Wow, oh, it's that's awesome! Cool. And it is a. This is the classic. TV dinner. No, it that's is, a real TV. Dinner. I know. That's but, like a yeah. good dinner. The, yeah. the menu, quality yeah. fried wise. chicken, yep. Yep. Yeah. mashed potatoes, yep. some mixed veggies, and what looks to be like a corn cobbler. What Trav, a I have great idea. Trav, I have breaking news that will blow away which that TV dinner you <laughs> okay. have in your hand. I don't know if you can, but give it a shot. So Lazy Dog has set up a spread over there. Okay, and I'm I'm not exaggerating. Not one, but two giant tins. Of banana pudding yeah. with vanilla wafers wow. all throughout the whole pudding. Oh, I just oh. ate like a, a, a whole plate of it. What time is it? Vanilla Freeman? wafers were the thing that puts it over the top. Oh, and there's too. like a hundred of them in there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, vanilla wafers on banana pudding is like, it's, like they go banana together. pudding is fine. And yeah. the, banana and pudding and with full, vanilla wafers, get oh, out. Mace, Trav, can I and paint a full you? lunch spread, yeah. like with <laughs> pork chops and yeah. pasta salad. I had, I had and a pork Mace, chop. Can I paint you a picture? Did you notice the congregation over there? There's a big line. Yeah. Let me ask you guys this. They're grazing. Just listen up real quick. They're grazing. Okay, this is the TV dinner I'm in. It's frozen solid. Yeah. I can get this home before it completely can. thaws, right? Okay. Yeah. Can, can I paint yeah. Mace? Uh, uh, let's use a Tuesday night. Let's yeah. use tonight as an example. Okay. To get night. home. Yeah. TV dinner sitting in the uh, in the freezer. I- you get that bad boy. You pop it in the microwave. Yeah. You go straight to your bed. It's already there, oh, all all perfect TV for you, waiting to go on a tray for bed on a tray yeah. with the little yeah. feet on the side. <laughs> yeah. No, I. Timothy Chalamet, I know as an actor, but nobody has named a movie that I've seen yet so far. And I get it. I don't see a million movies. I'm not saying he's not famous. Yeah, because Dune was the big blockbuster. Call Me By Your Name was a pretty Call big Call Me hit. By Your Name was a big I don't know well, what it was that a big yeah. oscar kind of movie. He's probably, Mace, you would know better than me, but he's probably the most coveted young actor in okay. Hollywood, yeah, like right under right the age of 25. Yeah. The reason we brought him up is that he and I share uh, an interest. Mm-hmm. He has said that he saw Top Gun Maverick eight times while they were filming Dune Part 2. Oh, really? And I am a, like, you know when you're just kind of scrolling and looking for a thing, and you yeah. flip over to Netflix, and eh, nothing's really catching my fancy, you flip over to Prime, ooh, Top Gun Maverick. He doesn't watch the movie, start that he watches again. a scene. I so watch, you just no, keep watching scenes. Jennifer Connelly over I watch, and over yeah. Well, that's yes. one of the scenes that he I watch a lot. It I watch her it. scenes in the yeah. bar. Are you, are you a Jennifer Connelly fan? Huge. I have a movie for you. It's not a great movie. She's great in it. And you will like what she does in this movie. Okay. Watch a movie called Inventing the Abbots. Okay. She's one of three sisters. She's the middle sister. Okay. Uh, Liv Tyler is the youngest sister. Sure. And let's just say that Billy Crudup gets all three with he's, power he's to with, all fields. Oh, wow. Yeah. Good but, for him. It, yeah, it's a really good movie. So, Joaquin Phoenix is in it. I, I've watched her scenes in the movie, and I watched the dogfighting scenes in the oh, movie. Oh, that's it. Yeah. And I then you just get I don't, it. I don't need the, the drama between him and John Hamm and all that. So I don't need that. I kind of power through that stuff. Yeah. I just want the training montage yes. where he shoots them all out of the sky. Sure. And I want when they shoot the bad guys. You know what I love about and that? What game. I love about that movie is, so we're in some sort of war situation, right? 
pre-war. Pre-war. Okay. Yes. So who are we fighting? They, they never say. They never in say the, who in we're either of the ever. top guns, pretty, which is pretty amazing. Yeah. In the top in Top Gun, the one in '85 or '6. Yep. They never. There's a little Wouldn't red star MIGs? on the helmet. The MIG is the type of plane. Right. Yeah, but I, I always assumed that it was Russian. I so did I. It was but the, too. the planes aren't with Russian markings. There. Right. You don't know for sure. It could be the red star though is Russia. Could that right? not be China? But, uh, but the pilots were. Well, I guess well, we never saw the their masks. faces. We never yeah. saw yeah. their faces. Yeah. No. Yeah. But it, I think that's the brilliant thing is you know. Who, who we fight? It's just who about the hell hell we have one they, they refer to those as Soviet MIGs. Soviet the may they're very specific. Soviet built MIGs. Oh, okay. And they okay. just like we sell our stuff to other people, sure. yeah. so do they. Yeah. All right. Hey, uh, Jorge, hit the super stager, and afterwards, I want to tell you why you're both right about your takes on the Lakers, even though you're on opposite sides. Okay. Hmm. Okay. Woo, 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 woo. Okay. Right, so start with Trav, why I'm right. All right. You're right because <laughs> the Lakers cannot win a championship unless LeBron is LeBron LeBron right. right he has to put up big numbers and he has to win the title um if, if the Lakers are going to win the title um Slee you're right in that they wouldn't mind if LeBron didn't have to do as much of the heavy lifting so here's where I think the compromise exists I think they have to manage his minutes at this stage of his career differently than they've done in the past he has to be able to. I was talking to a friend of mine uh, today about this. Shout out to my friend. My friend's name is Gerald Ford. I'm awesome. Not kidding. Jerry Ford. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he was saying. Is he clumsy? Does he no. fall down? Fall no. Down he play steps? football in Michigan. No. Yeah. And he's a brother. You know, so there, there you go. Complete. Doesn't look like Gerald Ford, the president at all. Um, but we were talking about the fact that they've got, to, they've got to monitor LeBron's minutes so he can play the whole fourth quarter. Because what happened a few times last year is towards the end of the game, he just got tired. Mm -hmm. And he couldn't, you know, he, he, he would, would fall back into shooting threes and, and blah, blah, blah. And he's just too tired. So what I'd like to see is the numbers that I'm watching more than any other are minutes per game. Okay. I'd like to see him go from 36 or 37 down to about 30 or 31. Mm -hmm. And I think if they can do that with 12 of those being in the fourth quarter. Right. Um. Because I think if they can... Boy, that's do, not much in the first three quarters. Correct. But here's why, where I think it can make a difference. Uh, so you said that you don't necessarily think it's a good thing for LeBron to have the ball. I disagree with you. I think when LeBron has the ball, great things happen, and he is the most underrated passer ever. Because he's the league's all-time leading scorer, people forget he's top, top five, five in assists. assists. Yeah. And he's one of the best passers I've ever seen. But here's what I'd like to do. D'Angelo Russell has looked great all throughout the preseason. I would like to go stretches of four, five, six minutes where LeBron rests and D'Angelo has the ball. And in the fourth quarter, LeBron takes the ball. And then D'Angelo finds a way to play off the ball. But that's the big number. For, I, I don't think they necessarily need 29 points, nine assists, nine rebounds. I agree. But until we get to the playoffs. But you're you're yeah. also, I mean, he played 35 minutes a game last year. Right. So I'd like to see that go to 30. To 30. And yeah. I, by the way, and I think 55 games is fine. They 55 regular they, season games, 30 minutes a game. That's he whatever you get in the regular season, I think is fine as long as he's fully ready to go yes. by the time you get to I, I think the main reason why they have so much depth is for these reasons alone. They have players. It's not... Go go look down. There's going to be 9, 10, 11 guys, John, that they could use during the season. Right. Isn't part of that so you could take a little load so off here's, LeBron? So here's what I would do 
theoretically. I mean, each game is its own entity, but I would pay LeBron the first six minutes of the first quarter, the first six minutes of the second quarter, the first six minutes of the third quarter, that's 18, and then and the 12. whole fourth, that's 30. And then find a way to manage those 18 minutes when he's off the court. Do you, do, it, we're talking about this this morning. The, what, what, the, we're even having the discussion that we're having about a player going into his 21st the year. The oldest player to, in the to league. To just yep. have to be in the league at 21, 21 years in is a miracle in and of itself, to just continue to exist as a player in the league. But you're asking him to be in his 21st season with all of those playoff minutes, with all of those summer that he's played, multiple Olympic teams, and you're still asking him not just to participate and, and chip in, but when it comes down to it the most, I'm going to need you to be the best player on the team. I'm going to need you well, to, to your point, have the, the ball decisions. in your hands, make the yep. decisions, make mm -hmm. the pass, take the shot, do all of the things that you do in your twin. It boggles the mind when you really think about what he's being asked to do at this point in his career. Um, another way of saying what you're saying that doesn't get said enough, no one at this age has ever no. put up numbers like this. Not Michael Jordan, not Wilt, not, not Kareem. Kareem, not Magic, not mm -hmm. Kobe, not Dirk. Not Pick your favorite player ever. No one at this age with that much mileage has done this. And yeah. so there it is. All right. Uh, Andrew Freeman now at Dodger Stadium addressing the media. Let's go to that live. Here's what look like for you guys. How would you both just assess it? Yeah. Um, you know, we have talked about this a lot. I think it's incumbent upon us at the end of each season to look back. And <clears throat> it's the most helpful for us in terms of informing future decisions. And when we look back at the regular season, obviously there's a lot to be proud of. Um, overcame a lot of adversity. Um, it was fun watching those guys go out and compete on a daily basis and see what they did. And then obviously with our ultimate goal, came up incredibly short and it was painful. And, um, you know, we begun the process of, <clears throat> excuse me, of doing everything we can to wrap our arms around it, understand it as best we can, react to the things that are important to react to, not react to the things that aren't, and do everything we can to put ourselves back in the position we were in a week and a half ago and have the October process play out way differently. A year ago, you called it an organizational failure. What is it this time? I think those words ring true. I mean, we talk about this uh, a lot, and I would hope that, uh, you know, our actions demonstrate this. Our goal each and every year is to win a championship. In our opinion, putting ourselves in the best position to do that in the regular season is to win the division, which then puts us in the best position to win a championship. And when we don't do that, I think it's fair to say it's an organizational failure. It doesn't mean that there weren't successes and a lot of things to um, grab onto and a lot of special memories that were created throughout this summer that I think are real and happened and are meaningful. That being said, our goal was to win 11 games in October and we didn't win one. So we need to figure out what we can do differently um, and how to go about it. And we're at that fork in the road. We get to choose. Do we just lay down or do we keep fighting? And, you know, this weekend I didn't feel like the keep fighting was the right answer. 
but we've certainly gotten there and we've got meetings starting <clears throat> tomorrow to really get into things and try to put ourselves in the best position so that on October 17th next year, this situation is very different. We're talking about preparing for game two of the NLCS. Obviously, you guys won in 2020 and they're different teams in the three years since then, but when you look at some of these things that have popped up these last couple Octobers, does it feel like either the way the roster's built, you guys prepare for the postseason, there's some sort of postseason problem about how you guys are going about at that time of year that's leading to some of these early exits? I don't know the answer. Um, you know, for our offense to be an issue this year was really surprising to us. You know, we scored over 900 runs in the the first time in Los Angeles Dodger history. It's the best offensive team we've had in this run. So that was surprising to us. Obviously, there are three game snippets throughout a year where our offense doesn't perform. How much of it is that? How much of it is other things? I don't know the answer. And a lot of these things, it's hard to know the answer to. Um, there is an element that is October theater and just what plays out on a daily and nightly basis. And there's other things that we can do a better job of and how to separate those. It's incumbent upon us to figure out. Andrew, this is the second year of the playoff format where the two top You're seeds have Andrew five days Freeman off. Live at Dodger Stadium, addressing the media after the Dodgers' disastrous exit from the playoffs this year. You're on listening to 710 ESPN. I mean, for us, I certainly would not use that as an excuse. Um, and our goal next year is to win the division and have those five days off again. So, you know, it's two years into this format. We don't concern ourselves too much with what's optimal, what's ideal. It doesn't really matter. It is what it is. And for us, it's about how to operate the best we can within it. We tried to simulate a lot of at-bats, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, because there's no question that five days off affects hitters' timing. There's no question. Now, if getting enough at-bats leading up to that sync, you know, keeps that timing in place, obviously we didn't do a good enough job. So our goal is to win the division next year. And once we do that and hopefully put ourselves in position to get those five days off, we need to really think long and hard about the best way to set up those five days and do everything we can to get our guys ready to play in game one. Yeah, hey, Andrew, could you have done more to strengthen starting pitching dating back to last offseason? Yeah, sure. I think any time you have the benefit of hindsight and how things play out, I think there were a number of things that played out this year that were unforeseen by us. We talk a lot about the need for pitching depth and how it comes up even more than what you anticipate. This year was even a, an accelerated version of that. Um, and so there were a lot of things that were unforeseen and whether we should have foreseen them or not is a fair question. I think we also had a number of really talented young pitchers who we wanted to make sure and create some kind of opportunity for, and we did. And I think they helped us in 2023 and they're going to help us a lot in 2024 and beyond. And I think it's the challenge of sustaining success over a long period of time. We've talked about this a lot. The only way to do it is to incorporate young players onto your roster as you are going and winning. 
And usually when you do that, there are some lumps, but hopefully the team talent around it is enough to withstand that. Not all really talented prospects go from AAA to the major leagues and hit the ground running and are great from day one. It's not always a straight line. And so we need to be able to provide that environment to be able to bring them in, just like we've done with a lot of talented other young players looking back and keep doing that with our goal to continue to sustain success, to put us in a position for each and every year to win a championship. Does the organization place enough importance in the six or seven inning starting pitcher? You're hearing Dodgers yeah, I think president of baseball operations, of Andrew are, Friedman, are courtesy Sportsnet LA. Uh, he's the addressing question. the media live at Dodger Stadium right now. Of player development in the industry, and you can go back, and this probably isn't the right setting for it, but to youth baseball and what people are training for and you know, velocity readings instead of you know, how to take down more innings. It's a much larger question and philosophical discussion. But we, too, would like guys to go seven innings, pitch really well, and be able to go to the two best guys in the bullpen. That's a much more comfortable recipe. The question is how many of them are there and then why? So do, do you think then that before these guys even get to you, you know, so right, you, you are drafting kids out of high school stuff. Are they coming to you at a much different place than they were, say, 10 years ago when, you know, I just I know what you guys are doing I just think training levels. is different than what it was. I think preparation going in, again, this is a topic for another time, not to. Uh, Will right anybody ask about, about Dave Roberts? 2023 Dodgers and any 2024 related. It's a much larger global question that. Uh, you know, pitcher injury, pitcher development, I think is a very important question for the entire industry. I care less about it for the other 29 teams and care about it for us. And, you know, it's something that's very front of mind for us. I know going into the playoffs, obviously, you had to kind of believe in your roster and stuff. But in your heart of hearts, when did you kind of start suspecting that the starting pitching could be a problem? For Again, you? I think our bigger issue is the offense because it was unexpected. If you would have said, your pitching staff would have given up four runs in games two and three. I would have bet a lot of money that we would have won at least one of those two games with our offense. And so it was a combination. Obviously, our starting pitching didn't pitch as well as they could have. So it's not like that was what we should have expected. Our offense didn't perform as well as it could have. It's not what we would have expected. Obviously, our bullpen was great. Uh, but when you're not clicking in two-thirds of those facets, it's hard to win a baseball game. And unfortunately, we saw it front and center. I mean, I get, I get the... Uh, there's some like game guys ready to go in two first-round bases in as many years. Are there staff changes or anything that's even discussed at this point? No. I, the collective effort of this group and the culture and not just the, hey, everyone gets along going through the clubhouse before a game and just watching how everyone is focused, all of our players, on how to try to win a game. So the one thing I can say with absolute certainty, and there aren't a lot of things I can do that about as we post-mortem, is it was certainly not from a lack of effort. Watching the way these guys prepared, cared, did everything they could to put themselves in the best position to go out and have success. Now, we didn't do it. And that is ultimately what matters most. And so it's figuring out from that. But I think Doc, our coaching staff, did an incredible job this year. And none of us did a good job for those three games against Arizona. On the starting pitching point, 
you know, after a year like this, do you, you need to put more of an emphasis on having more established guys that can go six or seven in a postseason environment in case some of the other unforeseen things you talk about? Uh, there aren't many guys going six or seven in postseason games anecdotally as I look around. So, yes, we want our pitching to allow as few runs as possible and our offense to score as many as possible. How we do it is a, will fall out of where our overall team roster is at that point. But, yes, from an ideal standpoint, I would love a starting pitcher to go seven innings, take our two best relievers, go eight, nine, have a good offense in place, and, yeah, that's great. Did you buy the philosophy that you can build teams to have more success in October, even if it leads to potentially more variance, less kind of future financial flexibility when, when you're looking at a regular season? Well, I don't think I understood the backside of the question. Like, if you have to go and, you know, probably pay more, take bigger risks on guys who, you know, maybe have more of a postseason track record or, like, traditional postseason pieces, do you believe in, like, the philosophy that teams can be built with October more in mind versus, like, you know, I, I regular I think people season? should really go through and look at each guy year to year. The noise and variance year to year, we've had guys who've been incredible one year, not good the next mediocre one like it's not just like oh he's a postseason player he is not it's just not that simple and we've seen it firsthand I mean look at Corey Seager's 2019 2020 2021 I mean there are so many examples of guys that it's just not that easy to be like oh let's just get the guy who's going to perform in October because if it was I promise you we would do that you mentioned unforeseen circumstances this year but an aspect of each of the last three postseasons is like you guys running out of starting pitching in October, you know, for various reasons. Do you think you have, like, what can you do to build in for those unforeseen circumstances? Do you have to just, like, what can you do to sort of, you know, every year there's going to be unforeseen circumstances. You can't just say, like, oh, man, what are we going to do? Like, how do you sort of prepare ahead of time for that? Well, I mean, again, I think a lot of times when people have unforeseen things pop up, especially like essentially an entire starting rotation replaced, I think those teams often don't make the playoffs. I think those unforeseen things happen and it's like, okay, this is a down year. Um, and it's where the strength of our scouting department, our player development department has put us in this position where we have these arms coming that you know, I feel very strongly that Bobby Miller was ready for October. Obviously, he didn't pitch great in game two. But I will bet that had he pitched again, I would have bet on him. Just like we watched Walker Bueller in Atlanta, you know, his first start, and then what he did subsequently thereafter. So, again, it's hard to draw definite, firm conclusions from three games. Now, Things that we can do better, we need to figure out what we need to do. But, like, you know, from my standpoint, I would bet on Bobby Miller starting an October game, and hopefully we get that chance next October to see it. Another way on the depth issue. Uh, You're hearing Andrew Friedman, president of basketball operations for the Dodgers, speaking live at Dodger Stadium on Sportsnet LA. Baseball operations, sorry. Nobody's going to ask about Dave Roberts, apparently. Do you think it's fair to have a pitcher put in that position um, to feel like he needs to, like he got his head kicked in for like two months, right? Like, like well, I do you think, think that's fair? 
I think it was more of a mutual because he had a contract that was set up where he was rewarded financially for it, knowing he was going to miss the next year. So it was more of a mutual benefit. Going back to what you said about Bobby Miller earlier, say you guys had hit against the D-backs and had gone through to the next round. With the starting pitching the way it was, right, with whatever was going on with Kershaw and, you know, I mean, Lance home runs after the regular season too, do you think you had enough pitching Again, if you guys had hit, not you know within reason, right? Not scoring 30 runs a game, whatever. But uh, do you think you had enough pitching to get through the yeah, two I mean, more rounds? Unfortunately, we didn't have a chance to really think much about the CS because at the point after game two is all about how do we put ourselves in the best position to win the next three games. But yeah, I think from a 13-man pitching staff, I do think that there was enough arm talent there. Again, I don't think if we played that game one and you got to replay that a hundred times, I don't think that happens more than two or three times. Now, it happened in the one that actually happened, and that's what matters most, but I do not think that that was just fait accompli, that that is what was going to happen in that one inning. It did. So we have to live with that, but it doesn't materially affect things in terms of how we assess someone's talent level and what they're capable of doing. And even when we assess someone's talent level of being able to do this, we understand that it can be better. It also could be worse. And that's the theater of October that is incredible for fans. And when I'm not emotionally vested in it, it is incredible to watch. But there is a wide range of things that can and do happen. and. It doesn't change our assessment of a player's talent level. Going back to kind of Jack's question about the regular season versus... How about Dave Roberts? Why don't we ask about Dave Roberts? Was there like an edict, don't ask about Dave Roberts? What the hell is going on at this Andrew Friedman press conference on 710 ESPN, courtesy Sportsnet LA? ...to get like three starting pitchers right now. Each of those three guys might be able to be like the Rockies in June, right? You might not necessarily want to throw those guys out on the thing in October. And so I guess, do you feel like you can maybe get that, right? Would, would getting that guy and investing a lot in like one guy as opposed to depth, um, do you think you could do both where like win it, to keep winning in the regular season like the way you guys have, you know, and maybe set yourself better for October or would yeah. setting yourself Again, up better Again, look at our 2020 rotation and like it can come in all different ways. The funny thing to me at the end of each October is there is a narrative that is formed after that team wins, whoever it is. 2015, it was the power bullpen. 2016, it was youth. Each year, there's a different narrative that comes. And with the exception of one team, there have been no repeat winners for a long period of time, which speaks to the difficulties of it. But more than that, how there's not just one way to do it. And so for us, I think it's not about having uh, this is the one formula that works. It is going to fall out of the talent that we have. Some years we may be heavier on the offensive side and bullpen. Some years starting pitching may be our strength. Because if you ask me, yeah, I'd like to have a really strong rotation, a really strong bullpen, and a great lineup. Sometimes things in that aren't great when you're putting together a team and you're trying to make the best team that you can. Sometimes there's weaker spots in that. And so that kind of falls out of what is available and accessible. Um, but it's hard to go beyond that because, you know, we've had years where we've had really strong 
starting rotations going into October and haven't won. And then it was, well, do you think you need to have a better offense or your bullpen needs to be better? It, it's a little bit of a game of whack-a-mole and something else pops up. Again, what's important is taking what we can learn from it and doing everything we can to put ourselves in a better position. And so to the extent that adding starting pitching that can go six to seven innings is available and lines up and we can access, that's great. And it definitely, at least from a quality of life standpoint, is a better quality of life. Like I prefer that personally for a starting pitcher to take the ball and, and do that. There's just fewer and fewer of them every year. So therefore, the supply is more limited. It's just harder to access. It doesn't mean that we're not going to try. And it doesn't mean we're not going to try to have the most well-rounded team that we possibly can, because that is our mindset. Defensive narratives, if I may. <laughs> People will see what happens in October and try to make sense of it, the results in a way that makes sense to them. I think for a lot of fans right now, they've seen one hundred games in two consecutive seasons, haven't gotten out of that first postseason round. What kind of story do you tell yourself that makes that make sense? Well, I mean, no matter what happens, any year that we don't win the World Series is painful, and it's going to take a while to get over. So right there you have a it's bunch going of back and just looking at like we've discussed. I'm already, stunned. Like Go ahead and pull that down, Brian. I'm stunned. Yeah. 23 minutes, not one reporter in the room said the name Dave Roberts? I texted a couple of those. I don't know what they're thinking. I, I mean, I'm, they had to have like said, they have had to have said, do not ask, ask about, about Dave, Dave Roberts. Roberts. Because that was absolute nonsense. The only thing he said about Dave Roberts was, I think Doc and our coaching staff did an incredible job this year, and none of us did a good job for those three games in, against Arizona. So that doesn't say anything for the next year. That just says what he did this year. All right. I'm stunned. I'm, I'm, I am too. I'm annoyed. I am too. I'm um, upset. So we'll get into that. Uh, we'll when people into- when people say there's a difference between the media in New York and L.A., this is what they're talking about. Oh, yeah. About. This is soft. This is softballs. Um, all right. Uh, Super Crosstalk brought to you by In-N-Out Burger. That's what a hamburger is all about. We will actually start Mason and Ireland coming up next on 710 ESPN.